Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show, coming to you live Sunday, October 24th, 2021, from the studios of KDIX Dickinson, North Dakota. You are hearing, if you're listening tonight on October 24th, you're listening to a live broadcast 
being picked up here on our AM station, KDIX. That's where the studio is. That's where I'm sitting right now in KDIX studio. And then that's a AM station that broadcasts in the Dickinson, North Dakota area. And then it's also on KDIX.net, their website. And then also being picked up by the great Holy Ghost Radio, I believe, Channel 2 on Holy Ghost Radio. And then later on, you can hear this possibly as a podcast, if Pastor Bob ever gets around to uploading those, which I usually do. I think there's like 100-some of them now on there. You can be part of the program tonight by texting me, listening uh, 701-290-7862, 701-290-7862. Last week, we had Ben Simons doing the radio show. He's doing that once a month now, giving me a little break. Tonight, we've got some people, the uh, Willis family listening tonight, Henry Harrison, Cecilia listening. We've got Yvonne listening down in Bowman and Marin. I called uh, Yvonne Marin today. Anyway, I got them mixed up. I was getting everything mixed up in church today. I hope I'm not losing my mind. I guess if I am, uh, they'll have to just put me out to pasture somewhere. We've got, um, let's see who else is listening so far that's texted tonight. We've got uh, Tina up in Kildare. We've got Lori in Southart, Nathaniel in Park River. North Dakota, Brother Johnson, let's see, where is he at? He told me, Brother Johnson is in, let me see, I need to find this again because it was an odd odd name of a town. He's in Peculiar, Missouri. Peculiar, Missouri. So I don't know if he fits in there or not. We've got Brother Jones listening, and I believe you're in the, are you in the Minneapolis area tonight? Is that where you're at? Um, he's listening tonight. So text me, 701 290 Six two, the um, this you can also if you're out of the country and you are, are not able to text me, you can email me, and I do occasionally look at those Robert Simons fifty eight at gmail dot com. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We're located right five hundred one Elks Drive, which is right on the interstate, and so uh, uh, we always. I mean, just about always have visitors that just come to our church just because they see the building, as we did today, and um, new visitors in church again, and, and and I am so excited when we get new visitors in my Sunday school class. Uh, we have adult Bible classes, two of those. We've got Sunday school classes for the children, and then I teach a class right out at the entryway of the church. We call it the basic Bible class, and um, 21 lessons goes through. Kind of just the basic Bible, what you know, kind of uh, brings direction to the Scripture, and you can start in that class at any time. You can you can start in lesson. We're going to be in lesson thirteen next week, and it will make sense to you. And then we'll you can just stay in until we get all the way, start back in lesson one, and then all the way back to lesson twelve. So it's just the way it's designed. It should make sense all the way through. It's uh, built on the Scripture in Proverbs says Proverbs that says, "Lean not unto thine own." understanding the um we got tim my tim my, my friend in north carolina when i say he's my friend i've never met him but but he listens pretty faithfully and uh, brother jones said they, they were preaching in harris um minnesota tonight so that's where they were anyway we i gotta interrupt myself there we are located 501 elks drive here in dickinson our next service is wednesday night at seven thirty. we are 
I'm not going to promise this, but I'm going to try to start a series on Wednesday nights teaching and speaking about the, how reasonable it is for churches to set biblical standards to live by. I want to teach that, and I'm going to talk about kind of an introduction to that tonight on the radio show. Some people think I'm crazy for talking about topics like I talk about on the radio show. They, they th- I thought I, I thought you were supposed to be doing outreach. Pastor Bob, well, this is outreach because I believe people are looking for direction. I believe that it's not, uh, I think tonight when this program's over, that nobody's going to be offended or turned off about the fact that that um, we need Christian standards to live our life by. I'm going to jump right into it. We've got, uh, oh, the Oh, we've got the Gingriches listening. All right, good to have them listening to them. Um, so the um, good to have Lisa listening tonight. Phil and the boys, we miss you guys already. Didn't get to spend much time with you this summer when you were here, but but we sure love your family. Second Corinthians six fourteen. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, with communion hath light with darkness, what concord hath Christ with Belial, what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7 and verse 1 of Second Corinthians goes on to say, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We are going to talk about what it means when churches set standards. There are many definitions of the word standard. I like the one that my pastor used. He said a standard is simply a rule of conduct, and I like that. Uh, I, you know, a standard can also mean a, a level of quality or attainment. You know, that restaurant offers high standard of service. You know, that, that it can mean that. It can also mean something established by authority or custom or general consent or a model. Like, in other words, this is the standard. I know we had talked about in our church how uh, a manual transmission is still called a standard, and, and that means simply that it was the original type, like it was the first one. Um, and, of course, the word standard can also mean like a flag, especially like in battle or a contest. They raise up a standard that um, everybody can gather around. And let me just say this, that if you are tuning in tonight and you don't know anything about Christianity, I want you to hang in there with me. Just tie in there with me, because what I'm going to say is going to make a lot of sense. I, I believe it makes a lot of sense. It's, it makes a lot of sense to me. The Everything that is successful or going somewhere has a set of standards it uses. Everything. Everything that, whether you're in NASA uh, building a rocket ship to fly to Mars or you're building uh, cars in Korea, or or you're what, whatever you're doing, there are standards put in place to make you successful. 
There are workplace standards, for instance. Uh, uh, on the workplace, there are dress standards. Uh, there are on the workplace, there are, are businesses say that you can't wear that. That is indecent. You can't wear that here. There are, are restaurants that have cleanliness standards. There are many workplaces that have safety standards. You know, they, they give out standards like this is the way we're going to do this to promote safety. There are, the parents have standards. They set standards in the home. They, they, they say all the kids are in bed at 9.30 or 9 o'clock or whatever. They set a standard. It's, it's like there's nothing in the Bible that says kids have to go to bed at 9 o'clock, but parents have the right to set standards. And so, as I said, and, and I, I, I hope, and I'm going to kind of bring this to you today because churches like the church I pastor are often criticized because we promote and set standards or conduct of, uh, rules for conduct of living for people to give them guidelines to know how to live for God. And especially in our society when, when we're taking people from scratch that don't know anything about the Bible and we're offering them a way to live for God. So my question tonight is should, if all these other things have standards, you know, if there, there are schools and colleges that have standards, standard testings, uh, standard um, whatever, should not God's church, which is the most important establishment in the world, should not God's church have standards? Shouldn't God's people have standards? And I believe, of course, they should. And so this is... Uh, you know, our topic tonight, text me 701-290-7862. Pop quiz time. Minding my business, happy as can be Hanging with my friends down by the Sea of Galilee I had my lunch basket along for the ride My mama packed it for me, I took a look inside She gave me two fishes and five loaves of bread So I can have a tuna fish sandwich Tuna fish sandwich A tuna fish sandwich I couldn't wait for lunchtime So I can have a tuna fish sandwich Yeah Outside of town, there was this brother named Jesus who was laying it down with a large multitude of people hanging around. The stomachs were empty, but the spirits were sound. And when he got finished, he came right up to me and said, Can I have your tuna fish sandwich? Tuna fish sandwich. A tuna fish sandwich. I couldn't believe that all he wanted was my tuna fish sandwich. Jesus took my basket And then he looked to the sky He gave thanks for what I had given And then it started to multiply I don't know how he did it 
with the seed I had sown. All I know is that 5,000 people had a tuna fish sandwich of their own, own, own yeah. Well, if you're like me, you haven't got a lot to give. You find it hard enough to find a reason to live. You may have a little, you may have a lot. But when you come to Jesus, give him all that you got. Remember my story, it just might be that all he wants is your tuna fish sandwich. Tuna fish sandwich. Your tuna fish sandwich. It just might be that all he wants is your tuna fish sandwich. Your tuna fish sandwich. Tuna fish sandwich. Your tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> Pastor Bob here, the Tell Like It a Show. I, I'm dedicating that to the Woods Boys. And let's see who else should I dedicate that to. How about uh, Brother Fuller? Did you like that song? That's just song. It's got Brother Fuller all over that song. Well, anyway, I don't. Does have nothing to do with my program tonight. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Lots of people tuning in now. Lots of people texting me. Um, the uh, there is a. Um, You know, I've got, wow, <laughs> there's just a lot of people listening to me tonight. We've got some Woodses and Beulah listening. We've got um, Pat and Lauren, our team that goes to the ladies' prison, had 29 ladies tonight. They had to do it on Zoom, though, unfortunately, but they still, that's really good. They had 29 in their Zoom service tonight from the women's prison. We have um, Brother Fuller, Brother Abe, Sierra Cassidy listening. Tonight, just a bunch of people. I, I Oh, the Portalis is, hey, Brother Portalis, I brought my guitar in the studio. All right, so the um, he always asks me, can you play us a song, Pastor Bob? So I will. Sister Bretz is listening now. Good to have her with us. Saw her today in church. The Andres are listening. Uh, the Andre the Giant, is that right, or Timothy? All right, we're talking about how reasonable it is to set um, biblical standards. And uh, somebody texted me a good question. They said, do you think more people would be attracted to the gospel if standards of modesty weren't set so high? And I don't believe that's true. But anyway, I I don't know if I'm going to get there on this program tonight, but in our church on Wednesday nights, I'm going to be talking about how reasonable it is for churches to set standards, uh, standards in uh, all kinds of areas, standards in our speech, standards in our entertainment standards in our moral lives, standards in how we treat the opposite sex, standards in our appearance, uh, you know, modesty, so on, uh, standards um, about, you know, what we do with alcohol and drugs and so on. But the there are two things when churches like ours, the church that Pastor Bob pastors, talks about Christian setting standards, there are two things that Christ, the Christian community cries and they scream, legalism! That's one of the things. They say that that setting of standards is legalism. And legalism is the cry that makes people sometimes, like me, try to, try to defend ourselves or run away, or, or maybe even, sadly to say, not to set standards. Now, the, the, a true study of the Scripture, when, when you see what legalism really is, it's talking about the Jewish laws that do not pertain 
to God's people today, to the Gentiles, to us, unless you're a Jewish person listening, um, the you, you'll understand that this is not talking about not having any rules of conduct in our lives. That would be like saying, I can murder people and God doesn't care. Don't set standards against murder, Pastor Bob, because you're a legalistic. Now here's, let me just tell you this. Here, let, let, let me just explain legalism to you. First of all, all through this program and all through this series I'm going to start teaching in our church on Wednesday nights, I'm going to probably make this statement every week, and this is not a statement I made up, but proper lordship is that biblical principles are understood and external standards are implemented. Let me just say this. Biblical principles are understood and reasonable external standards are implemented. That's why it's so important that we preach the biblical basis any church that sets standards preaches the biblical basis for that standard. You know, for instance, in our church, we ask people that are dating uh, not to be alone together. That's a standard our church sets. Like um, drive drive separately and meet at the restaurant and visit. That's a biblical that's a, that's a standard based on the biblical principle that we should avoid fornication. The standard is there to protect us to, and to allow us to live out the biblical principle. See, that's why if you're listening to me tonight in this program, um, there is, as an American, we hate rules. We just hate rules. Um, uh, I hate rules as an American. You know, I like like for instance, you know, I wear my I wore my seatbelt on the way down here because my my van that I drive drives me crazy if I don't. And I believe seatbelts save lives. Don't get me wrong, I believe they do. But it, as an American, we just hate people saying wear your seatbelt. And so uh you say, "Well, Pastor Bob, you're a hypocrite then to promote standards." No, I'm I'm not a hypocrite. It's just as an American, we uh, we have freedom, but when we come to God, we submit our will to God's will, and we do what He says. You know this. Um, you know this 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 um, the cry of legalism. Let me tell you what legalism is. Legalism is when biblical principles are ignored and external standards are exalted. You see, legalism begins when people forget why we've set this standard. That's legalism. See, proper lordship is when biblical principles are understood and external standards are implemented. But legalism is when biblical principles are ignored and external standards are exalted. In other words, we forgot why we're doing it. Um, and here we don't—we're not here to criticize large groups of people, but we have—I have been blessed to be the pastor of several families that have come out of the Amish community, and, and especially the ones that I know came out of Pennsylvania. They moved out here; they had already left the Amish and ended up becoming 
in our church. Now, two of them are pastors now, and we're just excited as we can be, and the rest of them are just great people of God. And and um, But anyway, they will tell you that the way they were raised, and I'm not going to say all Amish people are this way, of course not, but many of the Amish people have standards that they live by but can't explain to you the biblical principle of why they do those things. That's legalism. You see, that that's legalism. And so, and then the next step after legalism is where most Christian churches are today, I think in America, where biblical principles are completely forgotten and external standards are despised. In other words, don't tell me what to do, God. Who do you think you are, God? You know, and backsliders with bad attitudes call churches like the one I pastor legalistic, controlling, and so on. But, and it sounds right to some people, but look at where no standards got Lot in the Old Testament, for instance. Lot should have set some standards for his family, but because he didn't, his family was lost. The setting of standards is like a safety net. Like, like for instance, and I'm not going to start naming standards, all standards, but I've got to use some as an example. In our church here in Dickinson, the New Life Pentecostal Church, I ask people, if you come to this church and you consider me your pastor, don't have anything to do with the alcohol business. Now, I realize that not everybody's got an alcohol problem. I realize that... that uh, there are some people that could have a glass of wine once a year and, and never be tempted to have any more than that. Of course I realize that. So why would the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson set a standard saying, let's not have anything to do with alcohol, not even a glass of wine at Thanksgiving? You say, well, that's legalistic, Pastor Bob. Or is it legalistic? Is there a biblical principle that we base that standard on? You see, a setting a standard in the Old Testament on, on Mount Sinai, God told the people, don't touch Mount Sinai or you'll die. And they set a border up around it so the people couldn't get close to it. That border was set back far enough so people would be safe. And so when a church sets a standard and says, we're not going to have anything to do with drinking, alcohol. That standard is set up to keep people from, from even trying it. Because as you know, many people have addictive personalities. I don't believe you were born an alcoholic. I don't believe that. That's ridiculous. But I do believe we were born with addictive tendencies. Now, addictive tendencies aren't a bad thing. You can addict yourself to something good. You can be the world's greatest grandma with an addictive tendency. You can be a great worker with a, an addictive tendency. You can be a great husband or wife with an addictive tendency. But you can also be a drinker with addic- addictive tennis- tendencies. The second cry, and I, you know, I'm just this is just an introduction on why churches will set reasonable standards based on biblical principles for people to live by. The second cry against it is people say it's bondage. Pastor Bob, that's bondage. You say, I can't drink, 
Now I feel like I'm in prison. Well, I didn't tell you that you couldn't drink lemonade, and I didn't tell you that you couldn't drink iced tea or or Mountain Dew. I, I, I'm just telling you, why is it that we focus on what we're not supposed to do? Why is it when the sign says wet paint, everybody touches it? You know, I mean, why is that? Why is it when the sign says no trespassing, people have to jump over the fence? Because human nature doesn't want to be told what to do. And so these Christian teachers, and many Christian teachers, say that churches that set standards are putting people in bondage. That's ridiculous, and they set standards. All organizations set standards, rules of conduct, every single one. Every job. You can't just go to work at McDonald's and do whatever you want. You can't pick your nose and 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 go ahead and put the hamburger together. Now, you might sneak and try to do that, and of course what I don't know is not going to hurt me, but they have standards there saying this is not what we do. Are they saying that boogers kill people? No, they're not saying that, but they're standards. It's not bondage. Do these people that say free from bondage, what free from what? What what kind of bondage? Do they mean that God's principles are bondage? Are they going to become servants to this current culture and its ideas and its norms? You see, and I'm not intentionally avoiding examples tonight. I'm not. I just can't bring out too many examples. If you live in the Dickinson area and you want to hear more about this, um, I'm not going to promise every Wednesday night I'm going to teach on this because sometimes as a pastor you have to deal with other things so you can't just be tied to a program. But I'm going to hope to in the next few months or a few weeks or however long it takes talk about why Pentecostal churches set standards of dress and conduct and our sex lives and the way we talk and set standards of how we treat others. You know, it's it's a, um, you know, is it a bondage to set standards about how we adorn ourselves uh, with no makeup or hair coloring or jewelry or tattoos or immodest clothing or whatever? I guess it's how you look at it. Because I think this world is putting people in bondage. Every new fad, every new, every new style that comes out, people have perfectly wonderful clothes at home that they really like and they look well, good in. But now the new fad says, I, I'm out of style. That seems like bondage to me. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with somewhat being in style, but what I'm saying, who sets these styles? And why should I feel condemned if I don't dress like this French clothing designer says I should dress? You know, is it a is it a bondage that the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson has set a standard against listening, reading, or watching things that have swearing, immorality, nudity, violence, 
Is there something wrong with setting a standard with that? Is there something wrong with standing up as a pastor and saying, listen, folks, we shouldn't have anything to do with that here. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. He said, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. In other words, you were in bondage to sin before. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So yes, I'm in bondage to doing that what is which is right. And that's my choice. Brother Fuller just texted me that. Man, I'm a step ahead of you, Brother Fuller. You're too late. Freedom in Christ does not mean freedom from doing what God wants you to do. God's servants are not free, they're servants. But we willingly became a servant of God because he loved us so much and we want to serve him. Freedom does not mean you can do whatever you want to do, no matter how it affects others. That's not freedom. True freedom is coming to an agreement with God and then living and doing exactly what you want to Because you agree with God. It's like you become on God's team. He'll give those the desires of their heart who bring their heart into conformity to God's wishes. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Let's see, where am I here? I got to take a little break. These are are all short little songs. This is, my mom's not going to like this song. She doesn't like even Christian music that has kind of that Christian sound to it. This is Brother McCool, and he's got that, man, he has got that country sound to it. High cost of low living. He's in room 211 with a bottle in his hand. Another broken life, another wasted man. He lost his home and family two years ago in May. That's the day he bought a heartache he can't afford to pay. It's the high cost of low living. Sin just keeps on taking when there's no more giving. You invested with the devil. About to take his life He sealed it with a kiss The cost was paradise Thirty silver pieces Bought him more than he could know He bought a one-way ticket To somewhere down below
Greg McCool, Pastor Bob here, Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you for all the communication so far tonight. We've got a lot of people texting, a lot of good stuff they're texting. I don't know if I'll get all to it. Uh, Jody is listening tonight. James is listening. And uh, Jason and Sarita Kalor. Hmm, not sure who they are. Good to have them listening tonight. We've got uh, talking about how reasonable it is for churches to set standards. You know, and, and who should set standards for our lives? Well, number one, um, you know, you should. <laughs> we should all have personal standards we live by, right? I mean, number one, we should all have standards. Like uh, like I say, I have a standard that I don't drink. That's a standard I have. So if I felt like drinking, I still wouldn't drink because I just have set a, a standard. Now, here, a standard... Um, there's a difference between biblical principles and a standard. Standards are the practical application of a biblical principle. That's what a standard is. Parents can set standards for their homes. Um, Pastors and leaders can set standards for the local church. You know, like... like, uh, the Bible talks about modesty, that we should dress modestly. So what is that? What does it mean? Well, somebody has to say, this is what it means. You see, you're taking a biblical principle and you're creating a reasonable standard or a rule of conduct to live by. And like I say, you get mad at churches for doing it, some of you, but businesses do it. You know, a lady walks in with a low top and somebody might come to her and say, that's not acceptable here. You can't, a man walks in to an office with no shirt and they'll say, you need to get, you know, if it's a, a situation where you have to wear a suit and tie or whatever, they have dress standards. They have modesty standards. Everything has standards. There are people get fired because the way they on their job because they said that is not that is not acceptable here. We have standards that are set higher than that. Holy Ghost filled church leaders can set standards. In Acts chapter fifteen and verse twenty eight. It says uh, they had kind of the first general conference of the of the apostolic church, and it said just part, I'll just read part of it, it said, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So they had set standards to promote to the churches. And all through the scripture, you know, there, let me, let me tell you this, most of you are loving this program and you're loving this topic and so on. There are people that hate this topic, but they're not people, they're not, they're not non-Christian people. What I'm talking about makes so much sense to people. You know, they're, you know, in other words, like, like, um, when I, when I visit, I'm not Catholic, but when I visit a Catholic church, I've decided you know, whether it's at a wedding or a funeral or for any other occasion, I, my wife has family that's Catholic, I've decided when they all kneel, I'm going to kneel. 
And when they all stand up, I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to try to, because it's their church, and it's their customs. Now, I didn't used to do this. I, I didn't. But I'm going to go with their standard that they have there. Now, that doesn't mean I believe what they believe. But everything has a standard that it operates by. And so when you go to a Pentecostal church and they say, you know, uh, we don't want, you know, the people from our church watching television. They set a standard. That's ridiculous. That's bondage. I love watching television. I feel so bad. I feel like I'm in prison because I can't watch television. But what's on television? Why would you set a standard? They said there's nothing about television in the Bible, Pastor Bob. But there's nothing about going to bed at 9 o'clock either in the Bible, but parents set standards. Biblical principles are taught and carried out as Christian standards or rules of conduct. That's why when you find people that promote biblical holiness, whether they're Pentecostals or Baptists or whatever they are, many of them end up with the same types of standards. They do. Because the biblical principle is carried out in a standard. Now, there are people listening to me tonight that don't believe in Christian standards. They don't believe churches should set standards, even though the church you go to does set standards. But they're standards that you agree with. So my question is, when a standard is set, is the prerequisite for it being right that we have to personally agree with it. I don't believe that. Some standards are set, and we don't even have a problem with it. Like I mentioned alcohol, for instance. To the person that's listening out there to me tonight that has drank a glass of wine every year for the last 50 years on Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter, and you've never had an alcohol problem, the standard that a church might set that says we don't want our people drinking anything, that might see, seem an unreasonable standard, but are all standards set for our benefit? No. Like, for instance, in our church, I've asked people that are, are dating, and I mentioned this earlier, that if you're dating, don't be alone to, together. Like, don't go over to her apartment alone. Even to the point where we say, you know, even drive separately. Now, people say, that's ridiculous, Pastor Bob. Pastor Bob has known people that have dated that wouldn't have needed that standard set for them. So why should they live that standard if they attend the New Life Pentecostal Church when they do just fine without that standard? Perhaps it's for the sake of other people. Because we're living in a sexualized world that that uh, promotes sex everywhere, all the time, and it's in people's minds. And I believe that single people need standards in their life to succeed to stay pure until their wedding night. That's what I believe. And so to set a reasonable standard. Now, 
Does that mean when you set a reasonable standard, you can't mess up? No, it doesn't mean that. You could mess up. But the standard is set to keep you and help you to obey biblical principles. And you know what? Um, Brother Johnson said that's a good attitude. Let me tell you, it's it not only is a good attitude, I'm not breaking it myself, this just makes sense. That's why I'm not afraid to do a radio show on this. This is not turning off people. It's not turning off people. Uh, and the people it is turning off are people that have some type of form of Christianity, but they don't want anybody to tell them what to do. You know, um, the um, um, there is a, uh, you know, I started out, this, I, I see I'm running out of time here. I started out the um, radio broadcast with a scripture that talks about that we need to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. What does it mean to be separate? Well, it goes on to explain it, that we need to, we need to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, so the outside and the inside, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And so setting of standards for our, our personal lives helps us perfect holiness. You see, if we were all spiritual at all times, we wouldn't need to set standards for ourselves. But we're not. We're humans. We set standards to protect us. You know, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, uh, what was it, Vice President Pence, who said he had a standard that he um, didn't go to any place, any type of, you know, as a politician, he has to go places, I'm sure, that serve alcohol. He was not a drinker, but he said, I will never go to a place that serves alcohol without my wife with me if there are other ladies there. And he got criticized heavily for that. But I think after all the things that have happened here recently about all the sexual charges against politicians and, you know, I mean, all over the place and people losing jobs and, you know, even even um, maybe just about not getting into Supreme Court. And doesn't his standard make sense to you? Wasn't it a standard to protect his reputation? Is there anything wrong with that? You know, in, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, um, verse 14, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it's a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. But if any man seems to be contentious, contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul was summing up 1 Corinthians 11 by saying, we have set a standard that, that men should have short hair and women should have long hair. And he said, and all the churches of God believe that. And by the way, I still believe that. Oh, where's Bro Brother Portalis? You still listening out there? I should sing you a song. Let me think here. You know, I'm running out of time. Should I do this? Anybody else want me to sing a song out there? 
Somebody text me, sing us a song, Pastor Bob, otherwise maybe I'll get bashful and not sing one. Haven't brought my guitar in the studio for a long time, so maybe I should sing one. The um, scripture in uh, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says this. It says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. I love this song. We know that the rich man glories in his money, and the strong man glories in his strength. We know that the superstar glories in his fame. Let not the righteous man glory in these things. Let him that glories glory in the Lord. Let him that glories glory in the Lord. For he knows his creator and the power of his word. Let the righteous man glory in the Lord. We know that the wise man glories in his wisdom. And the sports fan glories in his team. Some people glory in the gold and the diamond ring. I'm gonna glory in the King of Kings glory. I've got to glory in the Lord glory. I've got to glory in the Lord. For I know my Creator and the power of His Word. I've got to glory, got to glory in the Lord. Make up some verses. We know that the supermodel glories in her beauty. And the singer glories in how they sing some people glory in all their wonderful things but as for me and my house we're gonna glory in Jesus name glory I've come to glory in the Lord glory I'm going to glory in the Lord. You're the God of glory. And I worship you, Lord. You're my song, my story. You 
alone are God. There is none beside you. How great and holy you are. Worship and honor to you alone belong. It's going out to Paul, our brother Portalis today. Glory in the Lord. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Pastor Bob here. The um, just talking about kind of an introduction to the setting of Christian standards. The setting of Christian standards, and shouldn't all churches do that? Shouldn't they? The um, I, I believe they should. I really believe they should. If you want to visit Pastor Bob this week, Wednesday night. 7.30 at 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. I'm planning on being there. Also, Friday mornings at 6 a.m. At that same address, we have a men's Bible study. Usually breakfast is there. This last week I wasn't there, but they still had they still had sweet rolls and um, some rolls and some coffee. But when I'm there, sometimes it's better than that because my wife makes it for us. So come to that men's Bible study. This week I'm, I'm leading it. Usually Dr. Matt Ramsey's the leader of it, but he'll be gone this week, so I'll be leading it this Friday. We've um, got a service in Beach on Tuesday night, 7.30, the Beach Community Center. We've got some Beachites listening tonight. The Hostet- See the Millers, the Hostetlers are listening tonight. We've got, um, they have service Tuesday night, 7.30, Beach Community Center. Thursday night in Bowman on 18 North Main, Bowman. And then in um, Beulah, Wednesday nights, they have a midweek service. What is your address in Beulah? I don't, you know, I should write that stuff down. I don't have it in front of me. I got I have people from Beulah listening. And then on Sunday mornings in Bowman, they also have church at 1030 every Sunday morning, too, in Bowman. And then we have, um, let's see, what I'm still looking for that Beulah address and your times. I don't have that in front of me. I should... Like I say, there's no excuse for this, but it'll it'll probably come to me. It is reasonable for Christian churches to set standards or rules of conduct. Don't let anybody tell you it's legalistic. Don't anybody tell you they're taking away Christian freedom. It's Not only is it reasonable, but all churches do that. They just set them in different places. Everything that has more than one person is in it sets standards. Like it might be taken off your shoes when you come into somebody's house. Truth Community Church in Beulah, 220 3rd Street, Northwest, Beulah, 7 o'clock on Wednesdays, is it 7? And Sunday mornings, 1030. All right, I got it. We set standards because everything we do is for the glory of God. I just sang a song about it. 1 Corinthians 1031, whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Living Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 10.33, the Living Trans- New Living Translation, Paul said, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what's best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. In other words, Paul set standards in his life, not just for himself, but to help other people. So even in the little things, it's for God's glory. I'm not doing what's best for me. I'm trying to live my life for others. You know, for instance, some standards we set are for the benefit of others, like modesty standards. Um, you know, dress modestly. It's so other people aren't tempted to look at you. 
Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so a standard is also a banner. A standard is also a banner. It's a it's a signal. It shows, like for instance, in Dickinson, North Dakota, people say there are Pentecostal people. Those are Pentecostal people. They can tell by the way they dress. Hopefully they can tell by the way we live. They have set standards. And so let's not be ashamed of that. You know, we don't think we're better than anybody else. Uh, we, Like I say, if you want to turn this into legalism, then forget why we're doing it and exalt what we're doing. That's legalism. I mean, if you want to turn it into legalism, exalt the standard, forget the biblical principle. That's legalism. Why are you doing that? I don't know. That's legalism. But but Christian holiness is based on biblical principles. It's carried out in Christian living through standards. So let's set a flag over us and let people know that the king is in residence here. I don't know the way this song really goes. But a friend of mine who's a pastor in Wapata, North Dakota, named Tim Redland, I heard Tim sing it like this. And I, this is the only way I know this song. So I know this is an old song, and I know there's a, there's a right way to sing it, but I have no, no clue. I'll just sing it the way I know. There's a flag flown high from the castle of my heart, from the castle of my heart. From the castle of my heart There's a flag flown high From the castle of my heart That the king is in residence here So wave it high in the sky Let the whole world know Let the whole world know Let the whole world know So wave it high in the sky Let everybody know That the king is in residence here There's a flag flown high From the castle of my heart From the castle of my heart From the castle of my heart There's a flag flown high From the castle of my heart That the king is in residence here So wave it high in the sky Let the whole world know Let the whole world know Let the whole world know So wave it high in the sky Let everybody know That the king is in residence here Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast God, I pray that we have answered some of the questions That people have had about Pentecostals And how how they set standards, rules of conduct for living And God, I pray that my listening audience tonight can see the sense in that and to see how you're pleased with that as long as we don't forget the biblical principle 
God, I just pray, Lord, that somehow you'll help them get through all this religious mumbo-jumbo out there that is telling people that it's wrong to set standards and rules of conduct for every area of our life. We just pray tonight in Jesus' name. God bless you folks. It's been uh, great having you for the Tell It Like It Is show. And Lord willing, I'll be back next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time for another program. God bless. As the devil's right hand Cussed like a sailor Always looking for a fight Rumor was he stole the boy Truck and he died Scared the congregation One Sunday in May When he ran up to the altar And they heard Billy say Take me to the river Wash me clean Let my sins drift down to New Orleans Out into the middle Of the Gulf of Mexico Where they'll be forgotten Everybody followed all the way to the shore In the back of our minds while we stood there and prayed We were waiting for the color of the water to change But it never did, it was as filthy as him He popped up out of the water and he said it again Take me to the river, wash me clean Let my sins drift down to New Orleans Out into the middle of the Gulf of Mexico always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com 
The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.